Welcome to Built to Go, a van life podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. This time it's episode 180, and we're going to talk about some things I learned on a recent trip to Toronto. And most important of those was how to be an American in Canada. We're also going to talk about a simple trick that you can do to keep your wipers going longer, save a little bit of money every year. We're going to talk about sleeping at the airport in your van. How does it work? Is it a good idea? And we're going to visit a very high and very, very scary place. And uh, gives me the chills just thinking about that again. But I will tell you that story. Thank you, everyone, for joining me once again here. Thank you especially to Kent and Steve for donating at buymeacoffee.com slash built to go. And now I've got some more diesel and I can go more places. And I thank you for that. Because of their generosity, there will be no ads in this week's podcast. YouTube, of course, does its own thing. So thank you, guys. I also have to thank Howard, who sent me an email pointing out two things that Amazon Prime does that I forgot to mention, and these things are useful for van life. The first is they have this program called Try Before You Buy, and let's say that you're looking for some adventure shirts, and those adventure shirts come in sizes, and you don't know if they're going to be too tight or too small. Well, go ahead and buy three of them or even five of them. Get the medium, the X-large, the large, the XX-large, whatever. Amazon will send them all to you for you to try on. And then if you decide to keep one, you pay for only that one, and the rest go back. And they send you packaging for that, and it's very easy. So, you know, if you're on the road and moving around a lot, it can be difficult to arrange for packages to be delivered, and this is just a wonderful way to kind of make things simpler in your life and that's a very good thing also and i really should have pointed this out amazon makes it super easy to return things the way it is now if you want to return something you can print a shipping label and then take it to a ups store or something like that but it's even easier if you take it to a Kohl's or a Whole Foods or some staples you'll get a list when you return the item online and you don't have to package it you just bring it in like let's say This coffee cup did not meet my expectations. I wish to take it back. Well, you just go to the store with the actual coffee cup, put it on the counter, and scan a barcode that they send you an email, and you're done. That's it. No tape, no stickers, no messing with lockers. It's super simple, and there aren't too many retailers doing that. And it means you can return something anywhere in the world. You could have bought it in New York and then gone to San Francisco and return it there. Anyway, another benefit of Amazon Prime. They really make that easy. So enough harping on Amazon Prime. I think it's a good thing, and there's a link in the show notes if you'd like to sign up. By the way, this mug is perfectly fine, and it's full of coffee, and I'm going to have some right now. Cheers. It's definitely a coffee day. Definitely. Okay, folks. So I went to Toronto. Another thanks. A lot of thank yous this week. Another thank to Mike Lush for arranging for me to go to a Blue Jays game. And he gave me this fabulous Blue Jays Hawaiian shirt. I had a fabulous time, even though the Blue Jays didn't win. I am not a big sports fan at all. I really don't care about sports, but I've always loved the Blue Jays, and I think it's mostly because of their logo. In 1977, when they first became a team, I saw their logo and I thought, hey, that's really cool. And nowadays they are the only Canadian team in Major League Baseball. And so I kind of have an affinity for them because of that. I mean, no secret here, folks. I love Canada. A lot of what you're going to hear in this podcast is me talking about Canada and how wonderful it is. And ah, 
my trip to Toronto didn't change that. I really like Canada. So I planned this trip. I was going to drive my van up and, uh, well, things didn't work out. I didn't take the van and that was for a few reasons. One is that diesel prices have shot way up again and diesel in Canada is of course much more expensive than the US and I did the math and it was gonna cost like $400 in diesel. So I've got that problem. Then there were the tolls, the tolls heading east from Chicago get crazy. It's something like $80 to get to New York. I mean, that can be pretty bad. And then there was the problem of the border. And we're gonna talk more about this, but crossing the border with a camper van can be tricky. And crossing the border with a converted ambulance that is an ambulance that had empty fentanyl bottles in it when I bought it. Yeah, this could be a little tricky. And while I'm not afraid to do it, I can only do it if I have time. I have to budget time for the border patrol to laugh at me and turn me away. And I didn't have that time on this trip. And finally, the, the nail in the coffin of me taking the van up there was that I had to be back at a certain time. And that meant I had to fly. I looked into taking the train. It's really not an option from Chicago. It takes a ridiculous amount of time and it costs the same as flying. Plus I had Delta credit. So, okay, I flew and I, I, I feel like I have let everybody down by flying to a place I should have taken my van, but that's part of van life too. Doing math and realizing this isn't the time to take the van. So I flew to Toronto and had a great time and i learned a few things now i had been to toronto just vaguely before i'd never actually spent any time in the city and toronto is about the same size as chicago which is a good thing for me for comparisons about the same number of people live there and while chicago land is bigger than toronto land i don't know if toronto land is a thing but there's more people in the area um the cities are very comparable so I got to see how a city of the size of Chicago acted in Canada, and I would have to say it acted very, very well. I felt very comfortable there. It was like being in the U.S., but it was also like being a little bit in the twilight zone. I mean, everything was the same, and yet everything was a little bit different. The businesses were different. The spellings were different. The money is wildly different, and <laughs> Canadian money is beautiful. I wish Americans had as much creativity as Canadians do with their money. I thought maybe I would share some of the things I learned about going to Canada, and uh, some of them are a little bit controversial, so this might be an episode that generates some hate mail, and that's okay. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm just giving you my opinions here, and you are totally free to disagree, of course. So, the first thing is crossing the border. Now, if you're coming from the U.S. into Canada, the first thing is uh, you're not bringing your gun with you. <laughs> If you have a gun in your van, and I know a lot of Americans do, they have guns in their RVs and vans and cars and bedrooms and slippers and socks everywhere. No, you're not getting into Canada with that. And if you try to hide it and they find it, this is a very big deal. <laughs> you don't want to do that. So you're going to have to find a place to put your firearms before you go to Canada. And uh, I don't have a great option for you. The only one I thought of that was a little weird was, um, well, pawn it. <laughs> Pawn your gun before you go to Canada. Because when you pawn something, you usually have a 30-day window to buy it back. And so if you're going to Canada for a week, well, heck, pawn the gun, go to Canada, come back, and then pay the pawn charges and get your gun back. And then you just had it securely stored for a week. I, it might work. I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> That's the only idea I have. No guns. Also, no 
pepper spray or mace? They don't allow that either. And that's a common question they ask at the border. Do you have any pepper spray or mace with you? There's one exception to that, oddly, and that's bear spray. They've got a lot of bears in Canada, and they will let you bring bear spray, but you have to be very explicit about it. It's bear spray, it's in the back of the vehicle, and it is for bears. It is illegal to use bear spray on people in Canada, so don't suggest that it is for any kind of self-defense against people. Make sure you say it's for self-defense against bears. <laughs> that will be okay. Also, make it easy for them. Most of the time, they're going to ask you some questions and you're going to drive through and it's going to be fine. But if they have to inspect your vehicle, keep it clean, make it neat. Don't leave a cluttered mess back there. Don't give them any reason to kind of poke around in things. I mean, I don't have anything contraband-like in my ambulance. My concern was that they would look places that I haven't looked for some reason and find something I didn't even know was there. You really don't want them poking around. Uh, Forresty Forrest had an incident where he was going into Canada from the U.S., and he's a Canadian citizen, and they were very, very interested in his pee bottle. <laughs> now... I don't know why. I don't know exactly what they did with it, but he said they spent about an hour talking about this pee bottle. <laughs> so, yeah, empty out your stuff before you head up there because they may want to look in your porta potty uh, because that would be a, a place where people would hide drugs. I don't know. Leave your cannabis at home. Yes, cannabis is legal in some places in the U.S. and in Canada. Like driving from Washington to Canada, it's legal, right? No, don't cross the border with it you run into different restrictions and laws there and you just don't want to get into it. So do not bring any kind of illegal drugs or even legal drugs if you can help it. And be polite and kind. Remember, you're a guest. They don't have to let you in. And also remember, the reverse is true. When you're coming back to the U.S., it's going to be very similar. Just be reasonable, be patient, and be understanding, and you're probably not going to have a problem. Number two on this list, before you go to Canada... Learn a bit about Canada. Now, I grew up in the States. I knew Canada was there, but we didn't learn anything about Canada in school. All of our maps showed all the U.S. states, and then there was this big white space at the top of the map that was Canada. So far as we knew, Canada was just covered in ice, and nobody lived there except quote-unquote Eskimos, which is a word we don't use anymore. Yeah, that's not true, folks. <laughs> There's 33 million people living up there, and they've got big cities and big things, and some of those things are bigger than in the U.S. So take some time to learn a little bit about Canada. Read a brief history. It just helps you understand a little bit. Know who the prime minister is. It's Trudeau. Know who the premier is. The premier of Ontario, Toronto being in Ontario, is Ford. Trudeau and Ford are polar opposites politically. And while Canada is not as divided as the U.S., if you mention Trudeau or Ford, you are probably going to start a conversation. <laughs> so maybe you don't want to do that, or maybe you do. I did enter into a few pretty heavy political conversations while I was in Canada, and, you know, they were polite and it was fine. But know what you're getting into. 
Learn the name of the teams. Like, okay, the Blue Jays, that's the baseball team. What about hockey? I mean, there's a whole lot of hockey teams up there, and they play in America. But they also have their own football league. Their football league has a 55-yard line. These are just little things that you should know if you're going to Canada. And they don't have the Super Bowl. They have the Grey Cup, which is just as important to them as the Super Bowl is to Americans. Have a general idea of what the provinces are. We have states. They have provinces. They're all over the place, and they're all very different. Just have a general idea of them. And understand why everything's written in two languages. There's a very good reason why when you go to Canada, everything's in two languages. It's in English and it's in French. And if you go to Quebec, you're going to find it's in French in big, huge letters and in English in little tiny letters. It's because of this conflict between the English speakers and the French speakers and the French are desperately trying to hold on to their culture because they are above the US and our culture tends to dwarf everything. And it's a really interesting thing. Thing. And you can have some fascinating conversations about this that are very different if you're in Alberta versus if you're in Montreal. Now, another tip is if you want to blend in, don't dress like an American. Now, people in Canada generally dress the same as we do in America, but you're not going to see American flags everywhere. Heck, you're not going to see that many Canadian flags. This whole flag flying thing is just not as big a deal up there. So if you go in with your, you know, American flag t-shirt, everyone's going to say, look, there's an American. And, you know, maybe you don't want to do that. You know, if you go up there to your Dallas Cowboys shirt or your New England Patriots shirt, which I did see, I saw someone wearing that, you will be noticed as an American. And here comes the controversial part. Do Canadians like Americans? Well, I think they do, but I think they're very cautious. And I heard a number of disparaging remarks about America while I was in Canada. One was from a group of teenagers just walking down the street, and they were generally laughing at how stupid Americans were. That was their perception. And then when we were riding the elevator in CN Tower, which is this very tall tower in Toronto, the person basically running the elevator he told us how high the tower was in meters and then gave it to us in feet and added if you're from america unfortunately and everybody laughed and everybody in the elevator was from canada except me <laughs> so there's a bit of criticism about the u.s and canada i know a number of canadians who are horrified at what's going on in the u.s and it's just something to be aware of I think you will make a bad impression if you go into Canada blazing American glory because what they are really interested in is curiosity. They want you to be curious about their country. This is true for almost everywhere you're going to visit. The people you're visiting want you to be curious about their country and their culture. So learn what poutine is. Learn what Tim Hortons is. And you don't have to kind of hide who you are. For example, I went to Tim Hortons when I was there. I don't like Tim Hortons. I don't think Tim Hortons is very good. I would say Tim Hortons is very similar to Dunkin' Donuts. They're everywhere. They're just okay at best. And I think some Canadians would disagree with me on that, given how many people there are in Tim Hortons. But hey, it's my opinion. That's how it goes. So I highly encourage you to visit Canada. Canada is fascinating. It's huge. It's much bigger than the United States. It has amazing national parks, amazing cities. I love Toronto. I love Montreal. I love Quebec City. I love St. John's. I could go on and on about Canada, but I'm running out of time here. So I will stop. But if you're an American going to Canada, 
remember to be curious and remember that you're not in Kansas anymore. You're in their country. Act like a guest. Tech Talk. So, wipers. Wipers are important. <laughs> Nothing's more annoying than starting a big road trip and then it starts to rain and you put on your wipers and they squeak or they leave lines or whatever. It's horrible. And you're supposed to replace your wipers every six months, believe it or not. That's what the recommendation is. I find that I can get about a year out of my wipers because I changed one thing that I do. Whenever I stop at a gas station now, I wipe off the window, you know, I use the squeegee, which is often covered with gasoline and oil and the rubber's all mangled and whatever. But I do my best with that. And then I also clean the wipers. I take the spongy part of the squeegee and wipe down the wiper blades every time I stop. And this helps a ton. It removes anything that's sticking to your wipers that creates those streaks. And it just cleans them and it turns out that cleaning them makes them last a whole lot longer so as the simplest tech tip in the world it costs you nothing other than maybe 30 seconds every time you stop for gas and heck you might get another year out of your wipers and wipers these days cost like 30 bucks a piece so that one tip might save you 30 dollars a year <laughs> or it might not and you might have to replace your wipers and well that's just how it goes <laughs> product review. Oh, I was looking so forward to this. I was hoping to give you guys just this glowing, amazing review of this. And unfortunately, I, it's, I can only give it a so-so eh, review. There is this thing called Questo. Questo. And it's at questoapp.com. And it is like a self-guided tour that is also an escape room and they're all over the place. So you basically will go to questoapp.com and you will type in what city you're going to and it will give you these options for all these tours you can do. And they're all puzzles and they're all self-guided and they're walking and you can use them on your phone and it says go to this spot and then solve this puzzle, that kind of a thing. And I did one of these in Toronto and I thought, wow, this is great. Unfortunately, the execution isn't really that good. Now, I only did this one, and my hope is that there are other quests in Questo that are better. But I will share my experience of the one I did. I did the Dark History Tour of Toronto, which is ironic since like a couple weeks ago I said I'm not really into dark tourism, but this looked interesting mostly because of where it went in Toronto. It was focused on Old Town. And when I asked my Toronto friends what they thought about Old Town, Nobody had ever heard of Old Town, <laughs> because it turns out that Old Town is mostly skyscrapers now, and people don't think of it as Old Town. But it does date back to the 1700s in some places. And this quest that I was on took me to a number of these places, where all these horrible things happened. Like, this guy was testing out the safety glass in his skyscraper and ran against the window, and the first time it worked and everybody laughed, and then he did it again, and then it didn't work, and the window popped out of its frame, and and he fell 26 stories to his death. That was fun stories like that. <laughs> While that is all fun and good, it was the puzzle part and the navigation part that was terrible. The puzzles were just, they didn't make any sense. They were like, what is the date on this tombstone? Well, that's not a puzzle. That's just me checking off that I was actually there. I wanted an actual puzzle and that was not to be found in this app. Also, some of the stuff was just wrong. It asked me how many stories there were in a certain building, and the answer it had was wrong. It was just flat out wrong. 
So that was annoying. But the most annoying part was the navigation. Now, I don't mind having a little bit of hunt in the navigation part, but the navigation was things like go diagonal or go down the street without giving you any idea of which diagonal or which way was down. It was very frustrating. And if you used their map feature, it took away points. <laughs> like, well, this isn't, this is not the fun part of the puzzle. Just tell me where to go and then give me a puzzle around that. Now, all that said, all those frustrations aside, I did get a nice walking tour of Toronto, and I saw lots of cool stuff, and I learned a lot about Toronto. So in that regard, it was a total success. Now, how much did this cost? It was about $10, and I figure it's about $10 per quest. So do I recommend it? Maybe. I think maybe there are some good quests out there. They're just written by individuals, not the company. I mean, you could write one for your town and put it in there yourself and get some commission on it if you wanted to. And I think maybe I just picked a bad one. So I'm going to try it again. But if you're curious, visit questoapp.com and check out what's available in your city. And hey, let me know if you find a really good one because I would like to try it. Tales from the road. So this is not the most exciting tale, but it, it might be a little bit educational. So while I did not take my van to Toronto, I did take my van to the airport because I had a very early flight. I had a 6.30 a.m. flight, and I thought about, uh, try to do the Uber thing really early in the morning, or, I mean, I could stay at a hotel at the airport, but that's expensive, and I thought... What if I just drove to long-term parking, which is 15 bucks a day, and parked my van there? It would be cheaper than doing an Uber. I would be there as early as I wanted to be. And I've got a van. You know, this is not a hardship. <laughs> my van's very comfortable. So I did. I, I About 11 o'clock at night, I drove out to the airport and went to long-term parking and parked. Now, my van is nine and a half feet tall, so there were places I couldn't park. So I did a little research and found out that this certain lot, it was lot G, as it happens, at O'Hare International Airport, had no roofs. So I was able to park in there with no problem. Now, I did make a mistake. I was worried about people messing with my van, obviously, so I parked as close as I could to the bus stop where it would get a lot of eyes on it, and I figured people were less likely to mess with it there. And while that may be true, and nobody messed with my van, thankfully, uh, you don't want to park near the bus stop because, you know, buses. <laughs> the bus runs all night long every 10 minutes, and they have air brakes that go every time they stop at the stop and people talk near there and there was one bus that came by about every half hour that had these horrendous squeaky brakes so every half hour i was woken up with it was terrible so i made that mistake however it totally worked it, it absolutely worked. I was able to do this, and it was just fine. It was probably the most inexpensive way I could have gotten to the airport without taking the subway, which has its own issues. So, yeah, folks, consider this. If you need to leave your van for a few days and fly, you could probably park your van at the airport. Also, they don't know that you're flying. <laughs> you can park your van there and go wherever you want. Now, one caveat for O'Hare, when I parked in G, it took a really long time to get to the plane. It took 45 minutes because I had to get on a bus and then get on a train and move to a different terminal, and all that took a really long time. So it didn't save any time. 
but it did save money. I talked with the bus driver on the way back. In fact, he asked me where I wanted to stop, and I said, I'm in that weird ambulance thing. And he said, oh, and drove me right to it. <laughs> and I asked him if they cared if anybody slept there overnight, and he said he'd never heard anything of anyone caring. So, you know, be low-key, don't set out the lawn chairs and the awning, but I don't think you're going to have a problem. And yeah, it worked pretty good. A place to visit. Yeah, so I made a, an entire YouTube video about this that you can watch and take in the entire experience. My friend Mike and my new friend David decided that they wanted to do something called the CN Tower Edgewalk. Now, the CN Tower is the largest freestanding tower in the Americas. It's larger than anything in the United States. And the part that we went up to is actually above the Sears Tower, now called the Willis Tower. I mean, above the whole thing. <laughs> it's really, really high, folks. And the thing we did was we went on the top of the rotating restaurant, because of course there's one of those, and walked around outside and hung off the edge. Um... This wasn't really high on my bucket list of things to do, but, you know, a little bit of peer pressure and the fact that my hosts wanted to do it was enough to, for me to say, okay, I'll do it. And so what happens is you go to the tower, and it costs some money. It's about 150 U.S., 200 Canadian, around there. And you spend a lot of time with briefings, and they put you in this suit, and you have to remove everything. Like, I had to remove my wedding ring. Your pockets have to be completely empty. And they tell you all about how the suit works and how there's harnesses and all this. And then they take you to the elevator. You ride all the way up. And uh, then they hook you up twice to these harnesses. And you walk outside. And there's no railing up there or anything. And it's just, it's an open grate so you can see down. Now what you see when you look down is the roof of the restaurant. But that's slanted. <laughs> and... Then they walk you through a bunch of exercises, the first of which is called Toes Over Toronto, which is you walk up to the edge and put your toes over the edge. And at that point, you can see straight down. Like, ah, it's like 114 stories high. <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary. Uh, I have to admit that I was not terribly comfortable up there. And I got less comfortable when we went to the next step, which was... To lean off the tower, you, you basically have this, this black rope attached to your chest, and you're supposed to lean and put all your weight on this black rope and just lean over all of Toronto. <laughs> and then you do it in reverse, and you lean forward over Toronto, and you have the rope holding you at your chest. And um, Yeah, this is definitely a thrill-seekers thing. And I did it, and you can watch me do it on the video. I'll have a link in the show notes, but... Yeah, this is the highest place in the world that you can walk on a building outside. And now I've done it. And now I never have to do it again. But Mike, who was with me, had done it three times. So some folks love this. For me, it was an interesting exercise in controlling my brain versus my feelings. Because intellectually, I could see the way I was attached to the thing. And even if I ran and jumped off... I would actually fall towards the building. I mean, there was literally no way that you could fall off no matter what. Even if you wanted to, you were locked into these harnesses. You couldn't even undo it yourself. 
but that wasn't how it felt. <laughs> so take a look at the video if you'd like. And uh, yeah, it's the CN Edgewalk. I'll have a link in the show notes. It, it was quite the experience. And, and, and thank you, Mike and David, for kind of encouraging me to go do something I wasn't terribly comfortable with, even though I didn't tell you that. <laughs> Resource recommendation. And one last thing for folks going to Canada. There is an app called ArriveCan. That's it, ArriveCan. You definitely want this app if you're going to go to Canada. It asks you some questions, you fill it out, and it just makes the process of getting into Canada so much more smoothly. They have something to look up. They have all the records and information they need. It saves a bunch of time, and it also shows them that you're serious about following the rules in Canada. Now, ArriveCan is an interesting app because it changes when COVID was in place. It was, there was a place to upload your COVID vaccination and stuff like that. That's all gone now, but there's other stuff and it, it, it will change depending on what the requirements are of the times, but it's a free app. It takes maybe five minutes to fill it out. So if you're going to go to Canada, whether you're on a ship or on a plane or just driving across the border, get the app. It makes things much easier. Also global entry. If you are somebody who travels internationally from the U.S., I can highly recommend Global Entry. It is a program that's fairly extensive where you have to go get photographed and fingerprinted and you have to submit all these documents and tell them every place you've traveled like in the last 15 years, which was a big pain for me. And they do a background check on you. And then once you pass all this, you get a little photo ID that lets you basically skip customs. It also works as TSA pre, so you skip that too. I've had it for years, I love it. And on my way back from Toronto, all I had to do was look into a screen and that's it. I didn't have to declare anything, I didn't have to show anyone anything, I didn't get interviewed, I didn't even show my passport. All I did was look into a screen and then I could get on the plane and that was it. Now, Toronto's nice because they have a U.S. customs place in the Toronto airport, so you don't have to check in in the U.S. But, uh, yeah, those two apps, ArriveCan and Global Entry Program, which does cost money, that's much more extensive. They're great if you're an international traveler, so check them out. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening or watching episode 180. I absolutely appreciate you being here. Music, as always, is by Simon Wagg. And uh, if you're wondering about my other son, Fisher Wag, he has just released a game that he worked on called Skater Gator 3D. I will have a link in the show notes. It's kind of like Mario 3D on steroids. It's, 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 it's way too complicated for me. <laughs> Until next time, remember this Canadian proverb that uh, is very interesting. It says, patience is a tree whose root is bitter, but its fruit is very sweet. <laughs> <laughs>